0: You can't look at David Solomon and say, oh, he's DJing, he's neglecting his duties. That is an assumption that he can't do both because you assume you couldn't do both. That is not fair to him. And what I would say is look at the total shareholder return, also known as TSR, by the way, and look at the growth of Goldman Sachs over the years.
1: Yeah, it's at 50% over the last five years.
0: If he's been able to win the confidence of the board and the people around him, That's all that matters. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. Relax your mind and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. Mm, Welcome back to the number one financial literacy podcast in the world. Welcome back to the show, everybody. That is the one and only site, Omar. He's a Nobel laureate. Soon to be. Yeah, yeah. On the way. On the way. In the making. go
2: Not willing to step into the light to recognize himself as of yet. Not yet.
0: But knows that it is forthcoming.
2: I'm holding myself back.
1: Between still... you and
0: Bernacchi, I can see the resemblance.
1: I just want to be invited to all of Noriel's parties.
0: I don't want to get the laureate. I don't know that you get invited to the Boom Boom Room without the jacket. Without? Yeah, I think you've got to have the jacket. First, I get the jacket. He does not have a laureate, by the way. He's not a Nobel laureate. That's right. Yeah, sad thing. Well, this week, kids, uh, the Fed pretty much destroyed all of us. So let's just revel in that for a little bit and know that Jay Powell, mm-hmm. he doesn't like you. Yeah. He doesn't like me.
2: He doesn't like any of us. Nope. And a Freudian slip. Yep.
1: He,
0: uh, he pretty much said, you know what? Fuck you guys. And <laughs> yeah, by you guys, he means all of his FOMC members, too. Yeah. He's like, you know what? If I'm going down, y'all come with me. Yeah, exactly. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, there's going to be a lot of expletives in that segment. I will apologize in advance. Most of those will be done by me. Mm-hmm. So I may get chipper. I'm trying to clean up the show. Yeah, we're, we're drinking, clearly. It's <laughs> a Buffalo Trace kind of night. Exactly. Because uh, when the Fed decides to come down and give you the, the stiffy, yeah, you drink. Absolutely. That's the responsible adult thing to do. We're going to talk about the Fed holding possibly rate, rates, possibly, but then they also alluded to potentially not one, but two more interest rate increases up to 50 basis points. Right. Yeah. Not so good. Not good for anybody. We're going to talk about uh, the instant reaction. Monetary policy lag time exists between the decision and inflation. We've talked a lot about this on the show. We're going to really talk about what's the lagging indicator, what's not. Mm-hmm. and why you shouldn't look at what they're telling you is oh it's all good bro and
1: Chris
0: and Chris admits that he agrees with somebody that he does not like it, oh. it pains you It no it really fucking does I mean I, I know that I'm I normally am like a little bit animated on the show because I'm trying to trying to convey stuff in a humorous way right this is just mm-hmm. fucked up I agreed and I'm like god damn it yeah. I'm like I should I should call myself out on the show so for the record I put this article in the show notes. You did. I did this. You did. myself. Commendable. Then we'll talk about CPI. Inflation, obviously, coming out has um, has some big ramifications on what the Fed talked about this week. We're going to help you understand what that means and unpack it all for you. Sayed so did his usual thing of mm-hmm. getting us all the numbers. Yes, I did. Category by sexy category. I'm a sexy laureate. Sector by sector. Sector by sector. Lots of S words this week. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about Westfield leaving downtown San Francisco amid declining sales. This, I, I know that I should have seen this coming. The article talks about other people who've left San Francisco, but this was kind of shocking to me how it messed up. We, I mean, look, I, love, I used to love San Francisco. My wife and I actually, our first getaway together was San Francisco. Okay. And I used to love going there, you know, walking across the beach all the way up to the Golden Gate Bridge. You know, it's just like a really cool experience. Yeah. And uh, what's going on there is, um, it's sad, it's disheartening. I don't understand how it fully got that way, if I'm being honest. We'll get into it. Talk about regional banks possibly facing years of trouble. And then the SEC. Mm. The SEC may have came for Banance. Yeah. May have came for a number of people in crypto. And you last thing you, you thought you were going to hear is they're probing Goldman Sachs over Silicon Valley Bank's final days. We've talked about this. They're understaffed. What are you guys doing? I need you guys to focus. On Binance. Binance. Stop looking at Goldman's. One of the best comments I got on social media in the last couple of years. Some guy's are like, I don't really like this reel, but Binance. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, all right, fair enough, bro. Yeah, that's good. I get, you get me. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. I get it. All get right. It. Well, and uh, a little, little fun fact about uh, Goldman Sachs' CEO is he's got a uh, second job, a little side hustle. Side hustle, In indeed. case this whole CEO thing doesn't work out. I'm not going to lie. When you sent it to me, I actually had to zoom in because I, I was calling bullshit. I've met him, by the way. Have you? Yeah. You never told me that. No, I met him on the East Coast. I did like, this whole symposium at Yale, the CEO Summit. Mm-hmm. And he was there. gave his great presentation. I went up to him afterward. We talked for a little bit. Yeah. I was right before David Stern died.
3: I met oh, David Stern there too.
0: Wow. So, David Stern was there and a bunch of other people were there. Former NBA commissioner, for those of you who are not basketball fans. And I'm mm-hmm. shockingly, I actually know who David Stern was because during my heyday, that's, you know, big reason why the NBA is is where they are. Yeah. So, stud of a guy. And, and you know, I talked to a bunch of people that day. He was one well, David Solomon was one of them. And he was articulate, smart, sounded like a banker, dressed like a banker, acted like a banker. But I never fucking guessed. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, we'll get into it. Yeah. We'll get in
2: deep in. Oh, deep. So deep. Like, knuckle deep. You're
0: going to put your butt to sleep. <laughs> that's, okay. a, that's an old school rap lyric. Don't nobody get mad at me who's listening. going, oh my God, what did he say? <laughs> I'm just quoting stuff from the 80s, okay? Right. All right, let's kick it off. The Fed holds rates steady, pausing its rate hiking campaign. Mm-hmm. This, according to CNN Business, except Jerome Powell kicked everybody in the ding-ding by being very heavy and clear on his communication That he thinks, and several other FOMC members, including four voting members, think that there is a likelihood that the need for a terminal rate of 5.6% is necessary, which means not one, but two additional unplanned 25 base point increases may be looming in the wings. Right.
1: So as of right now, or before this meeting, the terminal rate was projected to be at 5.4%. Right. And every time they increase, it's in 25 basis point increments at this stage. So in order to get there, it would, it would need to get to a five and a half to five and three quarters percent. Hence why it would require two or rating increases. that? I feel like that always throws people off when you hear
0: 5.6. Yeah, well, I think so. That Yeah, that is actually a good point. And I hate complimenting you. So I mean, it must be a good point. Mm. The terminal rate, I think, gets lost on people. Don't focus on that. Focus on this. He's saying two increases are likely likely to be twenty five basis points each, aka more stress on the system. More stress on the system. And now we're talking casually before the show. We're sitting on the couch talking about you know how sexy he is and how mm-hmm. sexy I am and how not sexy Rune is. And did not and, say that. And you uh, thought it though. Did not. <laughs> the record room. When when he thought it, I also thought. I think you're a very handsome man. I love you.
2: <laughs> Just. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Yeah, you,
1: I honestly you, don't even know you, you what say, to say. You say thank
0: you. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. You you're trying to play both sides, man. No, ah, I'm complimenting man. myself, complimenting him, while insulting you. <laughs> yeah, as far as I'm concerned, that's a triple threat. Triple, triple threat. Yeah, I'm in. Mean. Oh man, I'm trying to teach these kids. Triple so threat. most officials estimate the Fed funds rate will top out at a range of 5.63 to 5.87 percent in 2023, mm-hmm. suggesting. There may be as many as two more quarter point hikes in the year. Like we told you, rate increases larger than a quarter point are not likely since the Fed's inching closer to its inflation goal. And officials thought it made, quote, obvious sense to moderate our rate hikes as we get closer mm-hmm. to our destination, end quote, Powell said. And I don't want you to think of that and go, oh, my God, we're almost at the end. This is amazing. This is optimistic. Yay. Right. Because we're going to play you a clip here shortly. From my number one news source, social media, Mm -hmm. Instagram in particular, of part of uh, uh, Jerome Powell's press conference. Post-game press conference. Post-game press conference, where uh, I will say he did not sound this optimistic. Matter of fact, he sounded downright like, hold on tight, bitches.
1: Put your seatbelts on. Honestly, though, okay, we, we'll get into it. Because the, the SEP, the, uh, Summary of Economic Projections, yeah. says something completely different.
0: Than what he said?
3: Yeah. I Or mean the, what, I,
1: what I'm like, than the know, telegraphing. Than what you're telegraphing and what he was telegraphing as far as him sounding hawkish. It, the, the report
0: itself was very optimistic. You know, and somebody asked me the other day in the DM. So I, and I, maybe I'm an idiot and I just didn't think about it. Okay, so, in, Arun, don't leave this article in the CNN business. I want to read one more quote before we go. Hawkish means aggressive. Bearish means not so confident or less aggressive. Right. Very simple way to put it, right? So when someone's saying, like, oh, Sa'id is very hawkish on eating, it's like he wants to eat. If Sa'id were very bearish on eating, it means that he wouldn't want to eat. Mm-hmm. Very simple. Okay, and what about dovish? Dovish is also bearish, sadly. Mm. Yeah, hawkish, dovish, bearish so many damn analogies. Like, why can't y'all just say he really wants this, he doesn't really want this?
1: Exactly. You know,
0: why you got to say sexy terminology? Right. Like, why, not, why, this why? This is, it's not the SAT. It's not.
1: Don't make me redo Don't this you shit. not
0: cunning linguist.
1: Right? What the fuck do you think this is? Exactly. This is a financial literacy podcast. Break that shit down in its most simplest form.
0: Okay. Hawkish good. Bearish bad. <laughs> Hawkish <laughs> means he's coming down. He's coming down hard. So a quote from a CNN business article talking about how this initial... I guess display went on and I watched the entire press conference and I yelled at the screen as per usual. Quoting here, the Fed is putting more weight on the strong jobs data and sticky core inflation. Yes. We've often talked about on the show how core inflation is their preferred metric Core inflation because it removes food and energy, which Saeed has said numerous times are more volatile. They tend to remove them to get a more accurate representation of where inflation is going. Right. Then the slowing of headline inflation, CPI as you know it, mm-hmm. numbers, and is clearly trying to avoid a 1970s-style resurgence in inflation, wrote Seema Shah, chief global strategist in, uh, at principal asset management in an analyst note. Going on, the Fed had to do something to knock market optimism today. Right. Otherwise, it risks a tougher inflation fight and deeper economic woes down the line. So it's, it's this ex- it's that this. was an important statement. It was an important statement, but it's that exact shit right there. It's right here. That shit right there? Yeah. It was, it's that right there. See, Arun, you got to be that guy who pulls up people's pictures every single time, every time. this is This is why I love you, dude. It's so petty, but I respect it.
2: Why? Let-
0: no, I would do the same shit. You know you do it, too. Oh. Anytime you see somebody's name that makes some kind of sassy comment, you look that up. I want, I want to see the sass. Yeah, I want to know who's making a comment. Right. Come Come on, like, so you have to put a face to. You the got. To, if you're gonna hate somebody, know who you're hating. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I'm, I'm, Room. That's fair. that's fair. Cheers to you, brother. You finish your drink out there. Uh, the whiskey. Yeah. Good man. Look at you.
1: So, it, but it's it's that right there that her saying the Fed had to do something to knock market optimism today. What what's that insinuating? It's insinuating that you don't have to necessarily buy the fact that they might do it two more times, and that's what people hold on to as far as expectations. Consumer spending has been the number one thing propping up the economy up until now.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, yes, and there's a lot of other things propping up the economy, which is it's just stunning. I don't understand. Don't understand. Here we are. Here we are. Exactly. So to break down some of the numbers, okay,
1: and at this FOMC meeting, they were they released a se report, Summary of Economic Projections. They release this every three FOMC meetings, or every three months, if you will. Okay? Of this report, there's 18 participants at the FOMC. Not all of them have votes, but they all have a
0: say to discuss. <laughs> Neil Kashgard. <laughs> Neil, <laughs> Neil. yeah. <clears throat> straight cash. Home. No votes. No votes. But he gets to watch. He gets to, he gets to talk. I think he brings water to Jerome Powell every once yeah, in a while. He too. brings <laughs> the donuts. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Cash, bring me some donuts. Did you bring bagels? You didn't buy the locks, yeah? Cheap motherfuckers, yeah. How do you want that cream cheese? Yeah, go put capers on this, Neil.
3: Uh.
0: Okay, I'd have become a secretary by not putting capers on my shit. Right, (laughs) right. So, of those eighteen members,
1: two believe that the rates are going to stay. They basically project. It's called the dot plot. They project where the rates are going to be at the end of this year, by next year, twenty twenty four and even 2025, so three years out. By the end of this year, of the 18, two of them predicted rates would stay right where they are.
0: Only two. I know. And when I, when I heard that, I came visibly unglued in my office. Right. But then the next one... Oh, man. Mm.
1: Four of them... You motherfuckers! Four of them thought that it would go up another 25 basis points. Five and a half. Only four of yep. the 18. And okay. then the others? 12 of the members... Uh, rates are going to need to get to five, somewhere between five and a half, and six percent, which means at least two more twenty-five basis point increases. At least. And when 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 asked at the post game press conference, when Jerome Powell was asked if this is what is said in the summary of economic projections, and this is what you guys believe, why did you guys choose to pause? Because the data that came out does not really suggest a pause is necessarily warranted. It is
0: confusing. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking at all this stuff, like you're going like, okay, what? What, right? So either you pause and you plan to hold for a prolonged period of time and let the data come in, which Mm -hmm. would have been a totally viable explanation. Right. But you don't pause and say, well, we're still going to keep increasing. Right. It was so confusing. So this was his explanation.
1: He said, the question of speed is different than the question of
0: level. See, but I had a problem with that. I, had I still have a problem with that. You want to know why? Because if the question of speed versus the question of level was so intriguing and confusing for him. Mm-hmm. Then why do we increase multiple times 75 basis points at an unprecedented cadence? So why this, do we do that, So this is Jerome this, Powell? This is how he explained it. He said, remember, we started off
1: at 25, and then we went to 50, and then we did 75, 75, 75, right? And we're coming back down 50, and then 25, okay? He believes the next reasonable step is if you're slowing down. It's almost, he didn't say this part. This is how I envisioned it. It's almost as if you're going down a hill with your car. You're hitting on the brakes. You're tapping, you're tapping, you're tapping, you're tapping. As you get down towards the end, you're going you're gonna to pause. The next level is to then hit it with the 25, pause, hit it with the 25. Earlier, I mentioned that he had a Freudian slip. He called it a pause. And then in the same sentence, at one point, he called it a skip. Skip, yeah, meaning we're still doing it. Almost like he knows, I already know what we're going to do next time. Which bothers me. What happened to being data dependent, bro? And he, kn- he realized he messed up. He- and immediately after, when somebody started asking a question, he cut the person off and said, hold on, hold on. I shouldn't have said skip. I meant pause.
2: Yeah.
1: Oops. Son of. You already know. He knows. he knows.
0: He knows. What's going on here? What a piece of shit this guy is. What a piece of shit move. Yeah. rune let's queue up that social media article because I want you guys to hear and feel The piece of shitness that we're talking about here. (laughs) Look that funky music, white boy.
4: The FOMC has significantly tightened the stance of monetary policy. We have raised our policy interest rate by five percentage points, and we've continued to reduce our securities holdings at a brisk pace. We've covered a lot of ground, and the full effects of our tightening have yet to be felt. In light of how far we've come in tightening policy, the uncertain lags with which monetary policy affects the economy, and potential headwinds from credit tightening, today we decided to leave our policy interest rate unchanged and to continue to reduce our securities holdings. Looking ahead, nearly all committee participants view it as likely that some further rate increases will be appropriate this year to bring inflation down to 2% over time. In determining the extent of additional policy firming that may be appropriate to return inflation to 2% over time, the committee will take into account the cumulative tightening of monetary policy, the lags with which monetary policy affects economic activity and inflation, and economic and financial development.
0: Okay, so if you're going to take into in account the lags, mm-hmm. why are you suggesting that two more net? Why don't you say, for right now, we want to wait and see? how much traction we get towards 2%. Exactly. Why is it a foregone conclusion that these people think that two are necessary to get there? Right. On previous, on previous
1: episodes that we did, I think it's fair to bring up because this stuff is constantly changing. Which it shouldn't. Right. You, you and I were citing the world interest rate
0: probability and the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. 64% today of a 25 base point increase in July. Yes.
1: Not too long ago, maybe a week, week and a half right there were still projections of a rate cut by the end of the year
0: so so this is actually a good point mm-hmm. we talked about in the earlier article about how they were trying to break optimism in the market yes here's the problem is there is a material invisible disconnect in wall street and the general public mm-hmm. versus what he's been saying and i'll give i'll give jerome powell and the fomc this they have not deviated from what they said they were going to do yes to date the date they've been very clear and they've done everything they said they were going to do. But the, the the market doesn't fucking believe him.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: He's already said, he's already said skipped inadvertently in a press conference after the right. announcement. Right. I mean, it's pretty clear he wants to increase rates in July. And guess what? You're still at 64% probability by Bloomberg of an increase in July. You know, it's, it's not 100%. Right. Why is, I know. Why is it not, right? And here's the fucked up part. It's Wall Street. And I know you want to say something, but I'm going to keep cutting you off because I'm a dick. That's okay. But Wall Street literally has cuts baked in In 2023, at the end of the year, and in 2024, he has said multiple times, we are not cutting rates this year. And if there's anything that Summary of Economic Projections proved is that there
1: will not be a rate cut this year. And Wall Street doesn't believe him, right? And one thing that that he's doing, right, He, he really needs to make sure, and he knows, he knows everyone's hanging on every last, I mean, look, we're sitting here talking about every, he said, he said skip instead of pause. Everyone's thinking about every word that he's saying, right? He knows at Bank of Canada and the Reserve Bank of Australia, they fucked up. Oh, yeah, they, they backed off. They, yeah. they got to a point where they said, I think we're done. And then they saw that inflation reversal started getting out of hand. And then they had to be like, okay, sorry, we have to, we have to continue to tighten. Right? And that was a bad look for them. So the last thing he's going to do is give anyone a reason, right, to feel any type of optimism. Because he doesn't want to undo all the work that they've done
0: up until now. See, but I would have slightly more respect for Jerome Powell and the FOMC if they talked openly about the consequences of what they're doing and recognize them.
2: Well, bro, let me ask you they this. They haven't
0: done that.
1: Let and me ask they you refuse
0: this. to acknowledge it.
1: Well, this is what, so also in that summary of economic projections, it's not, it's not just the dot plot where they talk about where they see. Yeah, where they all see rates. Where more. they see turn rent. There's, more, there's a lot more to it. What they also talk about is unemployment. Mm-hmm. Because that's a big part of their job. We know that's a huge function, right? Well, it's a byproduct of the federal interest rate increases. Right. Like and their job is to provide stabilized prices uh, for all goods to, for the people and to get maximum amount of employment for the people. Right? That's part of their job. The people. The people. Right? Us. Normal folks. Not you. Black card members. So. Every episode. You, you to- can't, <laughs> can't, leave, can't leave it alone, huh? Are you going to get Centurion I'm tattooed just, on um, your chest? Like, right? You know.
0: <laughs> B.C., baby. <laughs> no, no. B.C.? Blackheart.
1: Before Christ, what? Yeah, you
0: know, Jay-Z said it. You Jay-Z know, said it? so
1: <laughs> Black, Black everything. <laughs> what it also went on to say is, if you guys remember, we talked about that they had predicted the unemployment rate to hit 4.6% by the end of the year. I don't know they're going to get there, man. No, no. A new updated summary economic projections lowered that number. Yeah. They lowered it down to 4.1%. And that's because yeah. that's because they said we're we're looking at all the job data, right? The job reports that are coming out. After increasing rates 500 basis points, we're still adding 339,000 jobs last month. I think on average every month year to date it's like 280,000 jobs.
0: And that's the kind of shit that makes me feel for the FOMC. They are trying to pull levers and it's just not responding. But again, 14 years of artificial interest rate deflation, an unprecedented pandemic, Mm -hmm. unprecedented economic stimulus. Right. You got to expect that this is going to lag and take time and be painful. It's so bad. And he's dealing with an unprecedented set of circumstances. I, I I totally recognize that.
1: Not only Jerome Powell, but all the FOMC members. You tell me if they're seeing jobs continue to get added, right, unemployment's not. So out of control based on the numbers, whether those numbers are reliable or not, that's a whole nother conversation. Uh, questionable. Right? Yeah, questionable. Questionable, right? Yeah. You hit you have those numbers, their GDP projections for the end of the year, you know where it's at? Positive 1%. Based on their projections, based yeah. on their on their models. So if that's what their projections are saying, they're like, why would
0: we stop? Yeah, because the economy's still growing. Yeah. You know, healthy rate, you're not in a recession. So, but but here's what here's what I'll say. Is they know that right now, and I'll, again, I'm a banker, natural bias. Absolutely. But let's just be open. Mm-hmm. They recognize if they do this two more times, 25 base points and 25 basis points, it destroys community regional banks. There's been three articles, and I didn't put them in the show notes because I don't want to be that biased banker who only talks about banks. Yes. But at the same time, community banks are on the ropes, man. Oh, yeah. Big time. And their net net interest margin, the net interest margin, the primary way that they make money is has been crushed mm-hmm. because the yield curve has to come out of its inversion to really push up the long end of the curve, which is what borrowing for loans is based out of. Right. But yet, as the Fed increases their Fed funds rate, mm-hmm. deposit rates go up. Exactly. And then you layer in this contagion fear of failures thanks to Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, first Republic Bank. Right. And then guess what? Everybody's got to do whatever they can to keep deposits in, so they raise their prices even more, right? Further crushing their profitability. So to to make it like the, he should acknowledge that, he, yeah, exactly. He knows
1: that the banking sector is not sound and resilient, hence the skip, right? To break it to break that you think down, that's the
0: only reason he skipped is the banking sector.
1: No, but he understands that there's there is a potential for over tightening on on sectors that are really interest rate sensitive then why not acknowledge we're that. seeing the crash. why not say that no he said it he, he's he said remember we 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 referenced him on the show saying that he's flip-flopping remember we're like hey you used to say this
0: was sound and resilient no, now you're seeing flip- the- i know he's flip-flopping but why not just be because they're trying to be very very clear and destroy the optimism yes like the the girl that the room pulled up Seema said smart very astute observation Miss, on her Mrs. part. Mrs.
1: Shaw, man. Put some respect
0: on her name. Was Sima Shaw? Was that what it was? Shaw. I not remember her last name. Okay, Mrs. Shaw. You're assuming she's married. It's fine. You call everybody Mrs. now or are they like uh, Miss? Is there like a you're right. I think I just what what's
1: the politically correct way to do it? Is it like to just assume Ms. Like I feel like if I were to assume that
0: you're married, is that bad? Is that good? I don't I don't want to offend here's, anybody. Here's yeah, and that's the problem now is like I try to like write emails and I want to do it like this appropriate connotation. Right. What if I just said Shaw? Hey, Shaw. Because you can go like monsieurs, monsieurs if you want to be like, you know, very yeah. sophisticated, like old school legal grammar. Oh. Wow. people we'll do that. They go MSR, whatever. There's an abbreviation for it. I yeah. do it all the time whenever I write like legal okay. documents. Okay. Legalese? Instead of like Mr. Okay. Because Just sounds classier. I thought you were saying monsieur. Monsieur, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It is français? Yeah. Yeah, we do this in episodes in French the rest of the way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I've got a great French story for you. Do you? Yeah. All right, hit me with it. Total sidebar. You ready?
1: Yeah. We don't do sidebars on this
0: show. I know. We don't do a whole lot of that ever. Except every episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was once in Paris, right? And I got up super early. I believe it's Paris. Paris. Yeah. I was in Saint-Germain. Saint-Germain. Okay. <laughs> and um, I woke up in the morning. I had been uh, drugged the night before. Wow. With a, with a hard uh, marijuana candy. And I, I don't do drugs. Okay. so and marijuana for, for some reason i don't know maybe i'm the only person it is i've, only, I've had like two or three experiences my entire life with it mm-hmm. you know as a very very young kid and then as an adult this is the third time yes and um it only it makes me exhausted i, I don't understand like yeah how how is this enjoyable it's not enjoyable and then I, the whole altered state thing i've never been a fan of drugs like alcohol is cool because like it, I, can, I can relax a little bit with it but you right. know Whatever. So, a buddy of mine gave me hard candy because he said I looked tired. And I'm an idiot. I should have known. Tasted weird. I'm like, this tastes weird. He's like, oh, it's German. It was marijuana based hard candy. Uh-huh. So, I'm basically drugged. I didn't know it. Passed out because marijuana makes me exhausted.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Wake up super early. I've got a flight at Charles de Gaulle.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know
2: how to speak French. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to read French. Right.
0: I got to get to the airport. Oh my gosh. I walk out because we were staying in a in Saint Germain in the middle of like this like beautiful like penthouse Airbnb. We got it super cheap. Don't judge me with the black card bullshit, okay? Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. you have
1: a black card back
2: then too?
0: I did not. <laughs> but uh top floor of this penthouse, I go downstairs. I have no idea how to get to the airport. I get to the subway,
2: like train station,
3: right.
2: and um it came down to a coin flip. I shit you not, I flipped a coin. Flipped it. Okay. We're going on that train. How old were you at this time?
0: I was in my late 20s. I was like twenty. Late 20s? I was like
1: 29. Flipping coins? Yeah. Wow.
0: I was like, look, in an hour, and I'm still like hungover because I was drinking too. Like, yeah. it was It's not good. Huh. I'm like, in an hour, I'm either going to be at Charles de Gaulle Airport. Or I'm going to be out in the country and it's going to be beautiful.
3: So, yeah, okay, right, there you go right,
0: and I'll figure out like the whole airport situation.
3: I'm mm-hmm.
0: supposed to go from there to Heathrow.
3: Yeah,
0: I guess right. Wow, I could not fucking believe it. Yeah, 50-50 chance.
1: Yeah. There's something about that that period of time that I guess I took for granted when I was younger that I could make a decision like that, and whatever the consequences were, I could live with them. No issue at all. Well,
0: keep in all. mind, too, you also didn't, I mean, it wasn't easy to get cell phone plans there back then. Right. So now Wi-Fi's everywhere. I mean, you don't have these problems. anymore. No, exactly. But no, but, what I'm saying,
1: but you, you could afford that type of decision. The
0: it worst? was very, what's, like,
1: whimsical. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, the worst that could happen is, like, I got to get on the flight to, to Heathrow. Or you got a cool story to tell. And
3: I
0: did.
1: I felt like, like if the coin would have flipped the other way, you would have had a
0: cool story to tell. I've had a lot of those stories in my life, man.
1: Yeah,
0: I've done a lot of the coin flips that didn't work out. <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> I've done a, for every one of those that worked out, yeah. there's like ten more that didn't. Right. But you share know, one of those ones. One of those ones? Yeah, we always hear the positive ones. One of Let's those. One of, the one of those. No stories. such thing. That's,
1: that's one of my. was one yeah. of my pet peeves as well. Yeah, there's no such thing those, as
0: those ones. Those ones. Those. those. Coin flip that didn't work out. Shit. Um. All right. So I wore because i was rushing to go to the airport mm. right i once was going to fly internationally and i'm trying to rush and i packed all my stuff and i was thinking about going to europe i wasn't thinking about like you know getting dressed the next morning i was young right i was in a rush and i went out that night I had a flight to i think i was going actually to london again heathrow mm-hmm. similar recurrence here with heathrow Heathrow's in the middle yeah dude, what happened at heathrow i put on camo like shorts okay right I believe you still own those. I do. Shorts. And they actually fit me now that I'm yeah. fat. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, but back then they were baggy. And um, I get to the airport and I'm running late. Right? And I'm just, like, all disheveled. I haven't really thought about it. All I have is a backpack. I'm going to Europe, like, two weeks. Right. This dude in front of me is, like, very Middle Eastern looking. Okay. At the time, I'm clean shaven, like, like short hair. You know, I'm a normal dude. Okay. a normal looking dude. Like, yeah. you don't look at me and go, like, okay, that that, that guy looks weird. Except that you're 6'7". Yeah, but the guy in front of me, he looked kind of shifty. Okay. Big-ass beard, looked kind of sweaty, clearly, like, hadn't showered in a while. And I see, like, security guards moving over to him. Oh, boy. Right? I'm like, all right, this guy right here about to get a strip shirt.
3: <laughs> this guy about to get fucked.
0: they coming for him. Yeah. You fucked, Muhammad. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Who's like, his name, Muhammad? Like, Let's him go right through. And I'm like, damn, wow, this guy's getting that's weird. Yeah. I step up, I go to the metal detector. I'm good.
2: Excuse me, sir. Can I talk to you real quick? Oh, wow. I'm like, what?
0: You didn't stop that guy. Yeah. Right? They brought me back, asked me questions, where are you going? Blah, blah, blah. Treat me like I was a terrorist. I was pissed. I got a little sassy. Did you? Yeah, because I'm like, I'm not trying to miss my flight for you guys. Fuck you guys. Wow. I'm going overseas. I'm trying I feel to like get I drunk. Be, I
1: feel like I'd be so scared in that moment that I wouldn't know that I had the right to be upset. I'd be like, what'd I do? I'm sorry. No. I swear to God, like, I didn't I've
0: got a black car, God damn it. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is actually the story of why he got a black car. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> TSA pre check. So, so I'm sassy. I want to get on the plane, right? Right. And I'm, I'm on the plane. I'm, I'm still, I'm now coming down off the night before. I'm dressed like a total hobo. I recognize it, whatever. Right. I get to Heathrow. And I'm getting off the plane and I'm chipper now. I've had some drinks in the plane. Mm-hmm. I've slept a little bit. I'm good. I'm going to, I think we we're going like I had to go to the Apple store and i was meet, meeting some friends. We're going to a bar. Right? Yeah. Yep. I'm excited. Indian dude comes up to me. Excuse me, sir. That, no, I'm just being it's honest. Just, I'm just trying, I'm trying to make just, it more real. Don't
1: you can say, excuse me, sir. That's what he
0: said. He said excuse me, sir. <laughs> okay. So, so, so I'm like, yeah, man, what's up? And he's got, you know, full turban on. He's got, like, a, a jacket on. But nothing that's, just like, clearly related, like, airport security. Oh, I see. So I, I keep brushing him off because I think, like, I don't know what he is or what he's doing. Like, I'm like, yo, like, back no. off. No autographs. Turns out he's their version of TSA. Wow. They had called to tell him to stop me when I got off the plane and gave him a photo of me. Wow. That sassiness, that coin flip that I made about been. Little attitudey. Yeah. I came back, biting me the ass <laughs> hard, bro. He had me in there for an hour and a half, like questioning me. Wow. Yeah, in Heathrow. Yeah, he wound up being a great dude. He wanted to tell me where I can go to, like a lounge and get shower before yeah. I went to the bar. It was cool. Yeah, there was definitely yeah. a period of time after
1: 9 after 11 that every time I went to the airport, I was getting stopped, pulled aside, only one out of the group. Really? That was the, only, that was
0: the first and only time I ever experienced that. Really? And it never yeah. really
1: bothered me because I obviously I understood it. I'm like, i whatever. I guess to make everybody feel safer, go ahead. I'm going to do it. I never got upset over it.
0: So I will say when I was in LAX, they did this, the search thing. Mm-hmm. You ever been like, had somebody like pat you down? Like, yes. like did they do the groin thing? I just, I just, yeah, for years after 9-11. So he explained to me, I'm going to go up towards your crotch, but I'll be using the back of my hand. Yep, yep. Gonna he good. explains, that he's gonna use the back of his hand. And I'm like, bro, I would, I would appreciate it if you didn't explain it. Just do it. <laughs> like, at this point, you're just building the trauma. Yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> so Like, gonna... I don't need the trauma. Yeah. I'm sorry for yeah. what you might feel. Yeah. And if you do feel something heavy on your wrist, that's not a gun. And if it moves, you're welcome. Yeah. It might slap you back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking of slapping
2: you back. Oh, there you go. Good Lawrence second. Yoon.
1: Chief economist from
0: the National Association of Realtors. I've talked a lot of shit on Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be fully forthcoming with this, okay? The Yoon. Lawrence Yoon has been the chief economist of the National Association of Realtors for a while. And he has made some fucking bold predictions. Yes. Many of which I do not agree with. Mm-hmm. So I'm scrolling through Instagram. I'm like, you know, scroll, scroll, scroll. Oh, wow. That dude's buff. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Right. Oh, my God. Look at that cat. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Lawrence Yoon said something. Maybe I can make fun of him on the show. Mm-hmm. And I read this.
2: I'm like, son of a bitch, I agree.
3: Fuck. Mm -hmm.
0: And I believe my show notes comment is shit is so fucked. Yep. Instant reaction from Lawrence Yoon about the Fed decision on June 14th, 2023. This is a quote. It's going to take a lot of reading. So I apologize in advance for how badly my reading is going to be here. Mm -hmm. A monetary policy lag time exists between decision and inflation rate hikes from earlier months have yet to exert their force at a time when inflation has already decelerated to 4%. Mm -hmm. There is no need to consider raising interest rates. In fact, considering the balance sheet difficulties faced by community banks and weaknesses in the commercial real estate sector, the Fed should look at cutting interest rates before the end of the year the fed should look forward not backward mhm fucking a lawrence yun right he's goddamn right so here's the pro- so yeah so
1: here's the problem right there's going there's a lag effect that we've talked about that a one month pause between now and the next fomc meeting that wait time that wait and see approach of one that's not enough time that's not enough time to reasonably believe that you waited and you saw it to see the you know, what do you think the, the Fed's data. afraid of? Why, why not wait longer? Why, why are they so scared? Why are they so scared? I think that they,
0: they genuinely believe that it's not enough. You don't think the election in November 24 is giving them a little bit of emotional pressure?
1: If that was the case, then they wouldn't have paused. They would have just gone. For a month, man. For a month. But then, yeah. I mean, who's, in their projection models, they say they see PCE, poor inflation. Poor inflation. To drop down to 3.2% by the end of the year at the rate that they're going. That's, we know that PCE has remained really sticky around that 4.6, 4.7% mark.
0: Well, yeah, we've, we've always been very clear that that's normal. Mm-hmm. Unless home values come down, unless consumer discretionary spending comes down, mm-hmm. you don't get there. Home prices are down only 5% from their peak. Not according to everybody. <laughs> Dr. Dave Ramsey seems yeah. to
1: think otherwise. Yeah, I think at, at their lowest point, they were down 11%. They they went back up. We're talking, these are nationwide averages. Yeah. Right? So from its peak, it's down It's down 5%, uh, down
0: 4.1% year over year. And currently right now, the 30-year fixed rate mortgages are approximately 7%. See, Arun, that's what you were talking about before the show. Before the show, we were sitting on the couch. We were strategic planning for a higher standard podcast. Mm-hmm. And Roone gave Saeed this compliment that he don't think he fully appreciated. He's like, you come prepared. prepared. You come into this thing fucking ready to go. More
1: than you know. You don't even understand. No, I
0: do understand. I don't know you don't. I'm proud, man. Are you? I'm like a proud father, like patting you on the head. Rub, rub fuzzy, fuzzy. <laughs> come on, goddamn Wait, Come man. on, bro. Pound that's
3: it. Not, <laughs> that's not a pound. Wait, you're not like, even pounding
0: it. You're not even pounding it. Oh, you. I, I am, am pounding it. <laughs> That's disgusting, bro. Your description of pound is not the same thing as my description of pound, <laughs> right? Yeah, clearly, there's an emotional disconnect here, right? Completely, yeah. But you so, want to lick your hand before you pound somebody, <laughs>
1: really? So, why, why, Mr. Yoon is <laughs> so you going, why, why, Mr. Yoon? Like he
0: doesn't like the compliments, he doesn't like the compliments, yeah. You're very awkward with the compliments.
1: Real estate transaction volume, sorry,
0: <laughs> you're great, you're great, pimples are great, everything's great.
1: Oh, Chris, before the show. Gonna, we're going to address this shit now. I'm going to do Eminem Eight Mile right
0: now. I'm going yeah. to
1: release all my dirty laundry. I told Chris before the show that I'm bringing two guests with me tonight.
0: And he asked me, who? I legitimately thought we were going to put out two chairs again, like set up yeah. the whole
1: setup in the back. I got to bring it. I'm bringing two guests tonight. Don't worry about it. He said, who? 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 He kept pressing me. Who? I said, the two pimples on my forehead. And here,
0: here's how I'm going to say straight up, I'm not going to talk shit. Ooh, I'm it, zooming
3: in right now. No, don't do that. Why, do that. Why, so here,
0: here's the reality that, that I will admit to openly. Uh huh. I don't get pimples often but when I do they are always in the center of my fucking nose it's, and they are bright red. It's aggressive, right? They are. Like why?
1: What's going on? Like what did I do so
0: different this week? Is it like emotional trauma?
1: No, I think honestly I um I've already guessed it has to be my, my water intake hasn't been up to par. That's why you get pimples? I, and that's an assumption. I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. Everything else has been normal. I mean, oh, I, have, schedule? I have I have I have fallen off the the workout train for about a week.
0: So that I don't know if that also has something to do with it. You on creatine or anything?
1: I'm on creatine.
0: So when I take creatine and I stop working out for some reason, I tend to break out a little bit. Do you? I, I'm not? There's no science behind that. I'm just right. This is just a. And I've only, I've only,
1: I've only stopped working out because the scheduling is all messed up. Now that summer break started, dude, this is a whole thing. No, you were at the office until just before the show. I was, a, I was at the office until about eight thirty tonight. You Feeling okay? It's a full
0: day for you, brother. You all right?
1: Full day now. That was actual nine was to five. Throw, that was a throwback.
0: Yeah. I, That's what it's like working when you didn't work from home. Jeez. Sus. sus.
2: <laughs> Jesus.
0: But, okay.
2: Your Riz is, is off, King? My <laughs>
4: Riz is
1: always on, King. So Let's talk uh, about CPI, baby. You want to get into CPI? Yeah. I want
0: to get real deep into CPI. You have the usual it.
1: breakdown? You
0: so got some charts for
1: me? Chris and I both thought, I remember when this report came out, we texted each other right away. This is sus. As sus as a report can get. This is bullshit. Is this is. Is a, listen, they came out beforehand, the day before, two days before, the estimates were all out there that CPI overall headline figure was going to get down to 4.1%. And that uh, core inflation, when they strip out food and energy, will be
0: at 5.3%. I look, I'm not going to say anybody's lying. I'm, I'm not going to be that guy. But what I am going to say is, mm-hmm. this smells like some Bullshit. This is some bullshit right here. I don't care what it is. Smells like bullshit.
1: And I, I'm just Hey, bananas. I'm happy. Okay, whatever. Whatever it's gonna take for the numbers to go in our direction, it's good for us. But I'm just saying, that's not right. Uh, no. And especially when okay, especially, I do not accept return to sender. And and return <laughs> to sender. No. Right? This is uh and this is one of those instances where people were questioning the Fed's decision to pause. Core inflation. Core inflation, which this is mine.
0: It's yours. Um, I didn't give you mine. Okay. That'd, got, be it, that'd be awkward. That'd be hurt I licked your ring. Come on. this fair? is trying the- to tell you to cite the article because again, one of the the, the recurring problems that we have with you is you don't like to cite articles. You the you're the
1: one that brought it, Okay, fine. From the Wall Street Journal, CPI report shows inflation has been cut in half from last year's peak. Here's the problem with that, chief. That sounds really rosy and optimistic.
0: That's why you said it not me.
1: Yeah. that's my half. article.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> cut in half,
0: right? But the Fed's preferred measure is core inflation. You better drink that. I got some Nordic jam for you when you're done. Really? Uh (sighs) the preferred measure
1: is core is core inflation. Crispy. Where they strip out food and energy. And it's a lager with Nordic fruits. And that's at 5.3%. That's more than double what the Fed's target rate is of 2%. So why the Fed believes that this data right here is enough to warrant a pause It's still beyond me. I'm glad. I'm happy for it, though. I'm not going to be upset. It helps me, It helps me, my, my sector. But 5.3% does not warrant a pause, my guy. Are people still saying my guy?
0: No, I'm bringing it back, though. I don't think you can. That's my thing. I think you have to be younger to bring it back. Well, you're going to
1: talk about being younger. You're just
0: stuck in your segment of the generation when you say it. And I still use dope as dope. Yeah, I do, too, and you really shouldn't. I know. It's yeah, really bad. Just, yeah. It's really all that's dope. And I'm like, shit, I'm so sorry. I am. I am sorry. Yeah. I apologize.
1: Yeah. I'm yeah. Still, I'm By the way, I'm still doing that thing where, where people like recognize the podcast and they say, hey, man, I really love the podcast. You guys have great chemistry. Natural reaction.
0: I'm so sorry. I've got. Okay. First of all, yeah, I do that a lot every time. But the whole great chemistry thing, it makes it sound like it's a love affair. The, well, it's the whole- awkward, right? Like, I mean, it's it not like sexual chemistry, right? <laughs> no. Or is it?
1: <laughs> No.
0: Because if like, it is,
1: I'm okay with I that. I get it. I get it. Because, I I mean, there are a bunch of shows that I watch. I'm like, I wonder, like, are they really friends on the side? or are Janet Sharp. Gen- oh, Look at you, citing a sports show.
0: It was in my news feed. Yeah? What
1: show? Huh? <laughs> what?
0: I don't know. I'm disputed. <laughs> there you go, that one. With Skip Bayless. Where, he cried at the end. But Him and Skip Bayless had that static. Yeah, They don't like each other, right? No, they like each other. And how do they? How, well, it, it works. Then why do they get to where they're at? Why, why is it so, like, what do you mean? Cause, you know, I'm they, pretty
1: sure that, I'm pretty sure uh FS1 didn't offer him the contract that he felt like he deserves. Fox Sports one? FS1, yeah, is the network. Oh. Yeah, all right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Whatever I mean, the is, guy wants to get doing. the guy wants to get paid what he's worth. What's wrong with that? Isn't he like a weird like OCD kind of guy, Shannon Sharp? Shannon Sharp, sure, no, he's so jacked. Oh my God. Oh my God, he's so jacked.
0: It's just not fair. Okay, and then so the chemistry comments between us were not because of the physical attraction, then? No, no. Oh, no. You said Shannon Sharp's object. I'm just what, assuming you... that this is. God damn, that's,
2: that's what... Shannon Sharp. Retired. He's like 52.
0: What in the actual fuck is he on? All the peptides. Workout and diet tip, the barbell. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Is, is he married? 54 fucking A, man. I mean, is he married?
2: I don't know. He's, he's got a daughter. His daughter was there at the show. I don't know if he's married or not. Dating history. Wow. So yeah. Anyways.
0: I I am stunned. Wow, that is an incredible physique for fifty-four years old. Right. One could be so lucky. One could be so lucky. You've never looked. At it. <laughs> but I look
1: when when yeah when people when people say they compliment uh us on our chemistry, I'm always like, why? Well, like more? Do you think most shows people are fake about if whether they like each other or not? I don't get it. Chris and I really like this off the show too. This isn't just performance.
0: Yeah, people don't know that though. They don't like see us like walking around like you know, making dick jokes and stuff. I don't that's you. Yeah. Well, I mean, they don't know us. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, but yeah. I guess. But uh, yeah, you know, I I get weirded out. You what's weird is when people recognize me now. Mm. It's happened to me multiple occasions where I'm like, okay, you fuck with me, right? Right. You're like, no, 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 I like the show. And you're like,
1: oh.
0: Oh, really? So- that,
1: that that hasn't happened.
0: Yeah, that's happened. That's, not, that's it's happened happen happen. to me multiple times at the gym. Mm.
3: They're
0: like, "And what's your little guy? Your the little guy's friend, the guy on the show." I'm like, "Oh, Saeed." They're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, Sam, whatever his name is."
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so one thing that I really wanted to point out
1: as far as terrible um, segue CPI inflation goes, and just two. just inflation in general is I think this this gets lost on people when we say that inflation, the the headline figure has fallen. Let's say CPI, for instance, the headline figure has fallen four. From Finish four, the drink, Chief. From 4.9% to 4%. We're not saying that doesn't mean prices have fallen, right? What what the rate of inflation is slowing down.
0: So inflation. Disinflation. Yeah. So inflation looks typically year over year for many of these things.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But month over month is a it's a very different number than year over year. Right. Right. So what I would say is, is you got to take it all with a grain of salt. And I think you had said in the show notes on the bottom there, there's a breakdown of what inflation looks like by yes. sector, right? Yes, each of the components. So we'll get. I
1: in- think this is a much better tell, right? So the the key part actually to this report,
2: which I thought was really interesting, was if you were to actually take out used vehicle sales, right? Mm. Inflation would have been at a three handle. Really? Yeah. So,
1: used vehicle sales carrying that much? Yeah. Motor motor vehicle repair was was up nineteen point seven percent. That's because people can't afford new cars right about now. Right. So they'd rather pay to have their stuff repaired than to buy a new car. Right. Motor vehicle insurance up seventeen percent. God damn.
0: Insurance has gone up not only on homes but on cars as of late. In the homes, it's like all the natural disasters. You know, not just, just nationwide, not just national disasters.
1: We we actually ha- we had this article in our show notes for weeks, and we just never found a way to work it in. This might be a good time. Because I'm working it now. no. no, no you're not working it.
0: Now. Working it in so good.
1: I feel like you're not the type to work it in.
0: I worked it in. I smooth. feel like you're you're more like a. You didn't uh, even know. I just put it in. You're like a bottom. You know. Just put it in you right now. You had no idea. <laughs> what does that say about you? Does not matter? No one's gonna ask.
1: <laughs> so. Actually, home insurance has gotten so unaffordable and, and a lot of insurance companies are refusing to provide new policies, especially in California, mm-hmm. because not only for the potential for natural disasters like these wildfires, but also inflation is so out of control that the cost to rebuild would be so high that they, they don't want to have to pay out and provide that. Doesn't make any economic sense for them. Doesn't either. make any so why why would they? Right? We're just going to pull out the market.
0: Left it there for you. I thought I, you were trying to clean up the show, Saeed. Man, this guy, every, it's just me he attacks. No, it's not. He only attacks you because you make inappropriate comments. I might be crass and abrasive, yeah, but I'm not dropping subtle innuendos about pulling you out of the show.
1: Food from
0: vending machines and mobile
1: vendors of 15.3%. No, no, no. no, no. Chris admits to being dirty.
0: I know what I you am. You try to say Yo, I'm cleaning up the show. I'm trying to be the good guy. You okay, do, but hold on, hold you on. You do. The man is not wrong. He's, he, he's not he, wrong. He's back there watching the Wait, show every single night. Well, what's wrong? He with, knows.
1: Can I ask you a question? What's wrong with me dropping subtle hints at something just for our sake? You don't got to call it out every time. It's not. Dude, we, we're we talking to each other just for
0: our sake? Yeah. There are here. thousands of people who listen to the show. Bro, you throw oop. Oh man. Go that ahead. That guy throws up the oop every time, and he just stares at you. Yeah, I know he does. He's like, hey, Chris. Hey, 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 let me make an inappropriate comment and see if you it. run with it. And mm-hmm. then stay quiet for three seconds. Yeah, Give and this is why eye. you guys should all go to YouTube, and you should watch the physical show. And I know some of you listen to it while you're driving. Cool. I get that. But you're missing out on Saeed's face when he looks at me, guilty AF, which is as fuck for those of you in the older <laughs> generation. <laughs> right. I feel like you're too old AF. Guilty A. AF, right? <laughs> and he looks at me, and he's like, pull up. yeah. I'll do this. And I'm a responsible adult who doesn't take the bait, okay? Mm-hmm. Because clearly you've got two kids. He's got a second on the way. I'm the one who pulls out. Yes. You do pull out. <laughs> That's what you
1: said you do. So you do admit that was the reference. I cannot uh, I cannot comment further on the topic. <laughs> <laughs> that would be
0: extremely inappropriate of me. More inappropriate than what we already went?
1: Right. All right, so uh, economists see core prices as a better uh, predictor of future inflation. Chris mentioned that at the top of the show. Okay? So if core inflation figures are a better predictor for future inflation, we're at 5.3%, a full one, 1.3% higher than the headline figure of 4%, right? Core remained high due to a surge
0: in housing rental prices. Because rent and rent equivalents have not gone down i e home prices, and even though rent's starting to come down
3: mm-hmm.
0: on average lagging indicator very lagging has not come down right
1: so actually apartment rent growth has cooled off significantly to just under two percent year over year but the why this isn't being reflected in the report is these sectors of the nation these regions of the nation that report what they're actually paying cuz they're they're calculating executed contracts right so it takes about 6 months or so for them to report the figures so even though those contracts are executed now the overall CPI figure won't come down until
0: they report that's a mighty nice drink you're not drinking there side trying you realize arun finished his before the show even started
3: mm-hmm. i've alcohol y-
0: we are alcoholics. Don't 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 exclude me from your friendship. Mm-hmm. I finished mine and had two beers while on the show, whilst watching you not finish your drink. Arun, how does that make you feel?
2: Disappointed. Mm-hmm. Disappointed. Yeah. Speaking of feeling,
0: let's let's move on from rent and rent equivalent, shall we? And let's move on from inflation. Okay. Let's talk about San Francisco. This was mm. kind of shocking to me. And so I was scrolling through social media and
3: going I Going there next
2: month. Are you really? Yeah. What? Wedding. San Francisco, like. Four. No, so we're, stay-
1: we're
0: staying in Union Square, but the wedding's off in uh, Fremont, I believe. What hotel are you staying at in Union Square?
1: Uh, I don't know. I've
0: it. already booked, though. Huh? Talk to me. I've got some favorites in and around the Union Square area that are. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's-, there's a couple boutique hotels that I really, really like that are kind of not really very prominent. Yet. Okay. I hope you up good, my friend. We already booked it, so it's late for that, but maybe a restaurant. Uh go to slanted door, always a winner. I don't know if it's still there, but uh down by the water. Okay. Great kind of like Asian infusion kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joanna and I and my wife went there and uh we had a great time. Yeah, there you go. Uh
3: the Slanted
0: Door. San Ramon. I and mean, that's not it. Temporarily closed. It. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah.
3: All right, yeah.
0: It's down at the embarcadero. Temporarily closed. Wow. Okay, well. Vietnamese restaurant. Yeah, great food. hmm Every time we've been there, I've seen like somebody who's a celebrity there. But um, let's see. There's several other restaurants that I can recommend that you can go to. And if you can get outside of town, we talked about the previous show. Yeah. Michelin Star
2: Restaurant? best, Yeah. Not about that experience, though. I'm paying for $1,000. <sighs> What's going on with Westfield? They are pulling out mm-hmm. of San Francisco. Are they really? Yeah. Westfield is, huh? Westfield is pulling out. Is is this a a sound clip that you want to play of San Francisco? Yeah, they're taking their stuff, and they're taking it out of San Francisco. Really, man, a lot of people pulling out in San Francisco these days. They're
0: leaving San Francisco. Got it. To go other places,
1: other places. Like where?
0: Where are they going? Well, what are they going? Where are they going in? Let's go ahead
1: and
4: play the clip. Say goodbye to Westfield Mall in downtown San Francisco. Bye! Is the latest to announce its departure from the area. In a statement, writing the reasons are, quote, the challenging operating conditions in downtown San Francisco, which have led to declines in sales, occupancy, and foot traffic. Mayor London Breed put out a statement in response saying, quote, with new management, we will have an opportunity to pursue a new vision for this space, adding, quote, Whether that's attracting new types of business or educational institutions or creating a totally different experience, we need to be open to what's possible. Other retailers reportedly leaving downtown SF include Nordstrom, Whole Foods, and Safeway. What are your thoughts on this?
0: Nordstrom, Whole Foods, Safeway, and now Westfield. And I don't know if you've been to downtown San Francisco, but Westfield has an entire mall section down there. Yes.
1: Four all four of those, bringing in a
0: lot of foot traffic. Not anymore. Not anymore. But I mean, what is it going to be after after this, right? So they actually talked about like a, there's a whole separate article which I didn't put in the show notes, but hmm. oh, making like an educational facility, like maybe a college campus or something. Oh, you know, I know uh, Hastings Hastings
1: Law Law School is in downtown, is in Union Square, right? Uh, yeah, it's over by there. Yeah, yeah. So that wouldn't be, I guess, maybe a bad idea. Uh,
0: but all I'm saying is is what's the deterioration that's happening there and the homeless population that's happening there, and again, I'm not educated enough to understand why, but it's gotten to the point where it's shocking it, well not just shocking this is gonna this is a major problem, so
1: vacancies in the commercial real estate space is in my opinion
2: gonna be the canary in the coal mine for what's to come really I do. Because we know, we've talked about on the
1: show, there's $1.5 trillion in commercial real estate loans that are due, that are set to mature in the next three years. And what that means is the owners of these buildings are going to have to refinance these loans because their rates will become adjustable at some point in time within the next three years. I think $450 billion of that is due this year. And what we've talked about on the show is These investors that own these properties or these companies, these these funds that own these these properties, they don't own them free and clear. The name of the game is leverage. They all have loans on them. Yeah. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Hundreds of millions of dollars. JP Morgan has come out and said 20% of commercial real estate loans are likely to default this year. Damn. God damn. 20%? Morgan Stanley. Is predicting values are gonna come down 40%. Can
0: do we can we skip ahead to Morgan Stanley?
1: You wanna skip ahead to Morgan Stanley? Yeah. What you
0: got on Morgan Stanley?
1: But oh. this is don't I mean, this in and of itself, they
0: won't be able to survive. Well, Goldman, but I mean, let, let, let's, let's get into a certain prominent DJ. <laughs> the best DJ. David Solomon.
2: Just when I thought I couldn't love him anymore.
0: David Solomon is um,
2: Goldman Sachs, not Morgan Stanley. I apologize. Yeah, he um, he's an interesting dude. Under fire, under fire. So before, I, I found it very, very, very interesting that
1: that article comes out right before the article about the, the Fed and the SEC. Looking in into probing, Goldman Sachs for their role in the selling uh, Silicon Valley banks. So,
0: which one you want to go with first? I mean, you could, you could go either way here, but um,
1: yeah. So let's talk. Let's talk about um, the Fed and the SEC probing from the Wall Street. i think Journal. the good stuff for the very
0: end of the show, huh? Yeah, man. Look at you being all strategic and you know, hook them, you know? Yeah, bait them into the end. You know what I mean? We're gonna give you the Uchi Wally Wally, the Uchi Bang Bang, at the end. If you bear through. This article by the Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. fed SEC probing Goldman Sachs's role in SVB's final days. Yes, Justice Department has subpoenaed Goldman over Silicon Valley Bank Matter. And to give you an idea, let's set the context right here.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: What was going on back then was very simple. There was contagion fears that started on March 10th. People were so afraid of their bank failing. They mm-hmm. were pulling deposits out of any bank that made the news. Right. Being very, very aware of this concern, yet having unrealized losses as it relates to their securities portfolio, SVB sought the help of Goldman Sachs. Yes, they did. But what's very unusual, they played the role as advisor. They played the role as advisor for an investment banking possible MA or sale mm-hmm. of the institution or bringing up additional capital that's what it was but what's very ununique or very unique about that and unnormal if you will is for them to also buy assets from somebody they're advising Mm
3: -hmm.
0: well it turns out Silicon Valley Bank, although they were told by Goldman Sachs, hey, get your own independent counsel here. Figure out your own advisors. Yeah. They definitely did
1: all the things they needed to do. They had it in writing. They they sent it yeah. over to their chief financial officer.
0: CFO. Yeah. Goldman Sachs told them, hey, like, you know, get your own opinions. We're going to, we'll buy your assets time, from you. Time was of the essence, though. And Silicon Valley Bank didn't want to shop the sale of their securities and assets around. Why? Because they didn't want the news to get out that they were looking to do this because mm-hmm. they didn't want to be part of that March 10th contagion and fears, which ultimately they were. Yes. They were trying to avoid their name being out there selling assets mm-hmm. and the negative connotation that may have come from it. Right. So they said, hey, Goldman, you're handling this. Let's go direct to so, you. Right. Just so, buy the assets. So
1: there was this contagion. Which they did buy. So there was this contagion fear amongst amongst all depositors and especially those at Silicon Valley Bank. Remember, a lot of their startup companies, those, those uh, fintech companies, those, those companies that by venture capitalists were pulling their money out, right? And that struck a fear in, the, in, in depositors.
0: What happened? Pulling their money out, huh?
1: Oh, geez, I didn't even realize I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: like chosen one.
1: It just happens. <laughs> okay, so there was a lot of fear, and they Silicon Valley Bank at the time, if you, if you can recall, they needed to raise capital. And they struck a deal with Goldman Sachs for them to play advisor. But, like you said, it's very rare for Goldman Sachs to also be a buyer of, because there's a conflict of interest. It's... I'm advising you, but I'm also buying your assets. And exactly yeah. what, what they told him to do is
0: before you
1: raise capital, you need to illustrate that there's a need for capital. Mm-hmm. And one way to do that would be if you were to sell. Some of your securities at a loss. Now who do they sell those to?
0: Goldman, Goldman Sachs. Sachs. So for the record, if you sell securities less than their value as a bank, hmm. let's say I have about a hundred million dollars of securities, but it's now worth 70 million. Hmm. And I sell it to you, Goldman Sachs, that $30 million is a hit to my capital. It brings my capital down because I've got to bridge the gap of the economic loss that I took mm-hmm. on paper. And by the way, Goldman Sachs they bought twenty one billion. Yeah,
2: that's a lot of millions.
0: They actually lost money on that deal though, fifty million, right. right? Yeah, it lost like 50 million on it. Yeah. So I mean, it wasn't like super prosperous, for them, but
1: but I mean, you you can understand why. So then this comes out after the the article from the Wall Street Journal: Goldman Sachs is at war with itself. So apparently there's a lot there's a huge like conflict within the organization with how bonuses are being paid out and I guess who is being kept on board versus who's being let go.
0: So here here's how this works. Okay. Goldman Sachs is a wealth advisory arm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: They have a traditional bank. The bank is making less money now due to NIM compression, but interest what, margin compression. What is a
1: wealth advisory arm?
0: So the wealth advisory arm is people who take your assets under management and they invest it for you.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But that is not FDIC insured. Those are always under separate entities, yes. which is why you'll walk into a Bank of America and you'll get Bank of America on one side and Morgan Stanley on the other. Yes. They're very clear about the separation because one is a bank, it's FDIC insured, and one is investments, yes. not FDIC insured. One's regulated by the FDIC and the Federal Reserve and mm-hmm. uh, whatever other regulator they might have or OCC. Mm-hmm. One's regulated by the SEC. Yes. So they, the businesses are very, very different, even though from an economic perspective, they seem like they're very related. Yes. The banks that have, have wealth advisories, assets under management, they're prospering right now on that side of the business because people who didn't want the risk of banks went into treasuries. Mm-hmm layered in treasury you can get as much or maybe slightly more than a high yield savings account from a bank so that there's in these economic times it's not it's, it's very common to see the swings
3: mm-hmm.
0: banks make a ton of money both advisory firms make less yes both advisory firms make more money thanks yes I mean, it's just it's just it's just kind of this pendulum swinging if you will right congratulations you finished your drink it's so <laughs> yeah. cute oh, but i thought
1: i thought it was very interesting that now of all times I've never heard
0: of David Solomon be, being under fire the way he has been. Because he's a stud. I mean, look, despite what we're going to tell you about David Solomon coming up, and I actually did know about this before, he's got a track record, and I, I've got a tre- tremendous amount of respect for what he does. Mm-hmm. And as somebody like myself, who's very diversified in, in things that I do, and I work odd hours, I knew this about him, but it never detracted from what, in my mind, was his success. And I don't like the rhetoric going around about whether
1: or not well, first of all, David Solomon, um, Odun, actually, you do me a favor, please, and pull up the timeline of uh, his time at Goldman Sachs. He came on as a partner, I believe, in nineteen ninety-nine. Yeah. He didn't just step in as like, hey, I'm here to run your your banks or, you know, I'm here to run Goldman no, Sachs, I'm your CEO. Yeah. He worked his way up. He knows the culture. He believes in growing this thing to its most
0: CEOs have Jamie Dimon too. Jamie Dimon too. Jamie Dimon came through merger and acquisition and then worked his way up to the CEO, and he's been there ever since. Been there ever since, right? And over his
1: tenure there as CEO, I think he's he became CEO, if I'm not mistaken, in 2018. Um, the last five years, I looked at it right before I came on. You know, their stock price is up 50% since he came on, and now we're gonna and now we're gonna start to question whether this guy's side hobbies are warranted, like, should Goldman, I, there was a quote by somebody in the
0: article that said, should Goldman Sachs deserve his undivided attention? So as somebody who's fallen under similar recent criticism of that exact same comment, I can tell you, no. No, absolutely you know, not. And I just want to be clear here. So the article that he talks about, click um, the article about him and his side gig there, it's, it's the second one down. Nope, the next one. No, that's the right one. Is this the right one? That's the right okay, one. Yeah, Goldman go. Sachs at war with itself. Yeah.
2: So if you look at the article, CEO
0: of Goldman Sachs, David Solomon. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a DJ at night. Yeah. Well, he's practically, he Doesn't go out every night, but he's performed at some very like well-established venues. So. The first sentence here, when Goldman Sachs partnered with partners, descendants on Miami Beach for the bank's annual conference, and Arun just moved everything for me,
3: mm-hmm.
0: confab of senior leaderships February, it was former CEO Lloyd Blankfein who stole the show. And I will tell you, I saw Lloyd Blankfein speak as well. Mm-hmm. One of the most articulate, like well-spoken, knowledgeable guys ever. Okay. If Lloyd Blankfein picked you as his successor. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. It, yeah, he knows what he's doing. He
1: vetted it out.
0: Lloyd, ironically, both shaved heads. Is
2: it like one of those things? I think it's one of those things. You got to buy in. I think. I think it's like, look,
0: bro, if you're really serious with the gig, you know, you know, you know. I like that. Shave the head.
2: I respect it. Yeah,
0: that's what, which is why, like us, yeah, you don't have facial hair, you can't be on camera.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's got facial hair, bro? You
2: in a fade? I mean, he doesn't really have facial hair. Yes, he does. He's got a terrible barber.
0: He's, he doesn't have a barber. That's, That's the, problem. the problem. That's the problem. He's not loyal. The blank fine holding court at the hotel bar before the gathering of Goldman partners groused about his successor. Mm-hmm. According to people familiar with the matter, David Solomon blank fine said was spending too much time away from his day job jetting around on Goldman's private planes and DJing at nightclubs and festivals. Okay, now, hold on. I,
2: I know for a fact the studies are out there, okay?
1: I'm sure if we, we could find them easily. I didn't have enough time to, to look it up before the show. But it's healthy to have a side gig to remove yourself from a situation, from a highly stressful position, in order to clear your mind and focus, to gather your thoughts and be able to come back and do what you do best. He doesn't need to be doing, he doesn't need to be, I'm David Solomon's CEO 24 hours a day. Like, what's going on?
0: John Rogers, a Goldman partner since 2000, and the secretary to the bank's board, expressed concerns to Solomon about his DJ side gig, according to people familiar with the matter, saying it wasn't a good look for the CEO of one of Wall Street's most formidable firms. I think it's, I think it's a great look. Rune scroll down a little bit so that photo comes up. Mm -hmm. There is Solomon. Mm -hmm. I think, what is he, 61 now? I don't know what he is, but he's
1: DJing here in this photo at some festival. Every dollar he's made from this, he's donated. Every dollar. Is he really? Yeah, that's what the article goes on to say. He's like, I'm not making money off. I'm literally doing this as a hobby
0: on the side. 61 years old. 61 years old. So. You know what? good for him i'm honestly 61 years old and you're that in touch with music that kids want to listen to Who go to these things mm -hmm. you're donating it you have the energy to go to work every single day and leave and by the way for the record Mm -hmm. if you're djing at a club this shit ain't starting until 10 o'clock right you expect him to be working at goldman sachs at 10 p.m what do you want exactly i mean really
1: or can you scroll down a little bit? I want to make sure I get this. I want to put this person's name out there
0: on this article. Yeah,
1: go down, please. Who's the one that said that deserves his undivided attention?
0: Oh, it was the guy I just read. Was it? Was it that guy? Yeah,
1: it
2: was uh, uh, the, the secretary. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. man. John Rogers, your golden partners, blah blah. blah. Since two thousand, he's bitter because
1: Solomon was there a year earlier, and he, now he's the CEO. Salty AF. Bro. Yeah, bro. You should. You know what you should have done? Should have worked harder. You know what you probably needed to do. Probably should have joined a festival.
0: So we're going to end the show on this. Okay. Like this. Well, hold on. Apparently, when you're in banking, you're not allowed to have a life outside of banking.
1: Yeah. Right, well, right Chris? It, it, well, if you're a public figure.
0: Yeah. Well, a, no, no. That, well, that's it, what it, they're trying to say. If you're one of the proxy named individuals. So, typically speaking, your five highest people are named on a proxy, right? So, your proxy is your public filing talking about who the executives are. Now, keep in mind, your CEO, your CFO, those are always named. And the next three highest income earners are named as the five proxy individuals. Those are your public-facing executives. Everybody else in the executive team is below them, generally aren't as visible publicly. Mm -hmm. So there is some scrutiny on people like him. Right. And myself. But what I will say is this, okay? This is the part that bothers me. I have spoken to the man who interviews the people who go to fortune 500 companies and they look for their career mm-hmm. there. And they always engage my friend, Roger Lipson. And they, they tap him on the shoulder and say, Hey, will this person fit culturally. What can you tell me about them? Give me the Myers Briggs. Give me all that on this person. Talk to them. Give me a, an opinion. If this person is a fit for the organization. Yes. And one of the most valuable lessons I ever learned from Roger was and he said it to me in a different context it was the other way from from what i'm about to say but it was he was mad at me because i was effectively accusing somebody of being lazy hmm. and he came at me and he was like why do you expect them to have the same capacity for work that you do not everybody reads at the same level not everybody speaks the same articulate way not everybody has the same skill sets everybody's got skills absolutely But their level of doing things is different. And maybe your level of work, capacity for work, is more than somebody else. Maybe they're not lazy. Maybe they are working hard for what they can do. Right. You can't look at David Solomon and say, oh, he's DJing. He's neglecting his duties. That is an assumption that he can't do both because you assume you couldn't do both. Right. That is not fair to him. And what I would say is look at the total shareholder return, also known as TSR, by the way. And look at the growth of Goldman Sachs over the years.
1: Yeah, it's at 50% over the last five years.
0: And if that number is strong, fuck your criticism. Yeah, absolutely. That's the best way to put it. Okay. And even if that number isn't strong, if he's been able to win the confidence of the board and the people around him, that's all that matters. And what I'll say, and I'll cap this finally off on, you don't own him as an individual. You own the hours that you pay him to work, which, by the way, traditionally is nine to five. And I understand CEOs get paid more, so they should be more available. Yeah, and they are. He definitely has been. Do you think that man truly, do you really think that man would not say, okay, hey, guys, some stuff's going on at Goldman today. I'm going to have to cancel this gig. Do you think he would not do that? Yeah, a, come on. He would cancel it if he thought it was important. I'm sure he, and I'm sure he has. And I'm sure he has. But on the nights that he doesn't and that he can be free... He will do what he enjoys. He'll have a passion. Maybe he doesn't golf. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: So, and here's the part that bothers me the most, and I'll end the show on this. If you're a banker or you're in business and you golf, Mm
2: -hmm. it's okay. Right. If you have an
0: extended lunch, if you have an extended lunch, it's okay. If you have a hobby that's outside of work, that's not visible to anybody, it's fine. Mm -hmm. That's expected. You're a wealthy individual. You make millions of dollars, like he does. Yeah, if you're an L.A. fitness hooper, yeah, whatever. The second you start doing it visibly, oh my God, he should be focused on the bank. You telling me Jamie Dimon doesn't have hobbies? Come on now. Yeah, yeah. That's it's all
2: nothing. I'm saying. We hope you enjoyed this show, everybody.
1: Um, that was abrupt. It was abrupt. It was meant. To, we oh, want okay. David Solomon to know if you're listening.
0: Higher Standard supports you, bro. We love you. We got your back. You're probably not listening because, you know, you're DJing, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah, fucking
1: pay attention, guy. God damn it. Come on, guy. Go to work. He's at the club, right? Right. And if you're you're watching this on YouTube, leave us a comment down below. Let us know your thoughts. If you think the Fed actually paused or they skipped. If you feel like David Solomon's doing the right thing. If you feel like Chris is a little too perverted with his jokes. Leave us a comment
0: down below. (sighs) Wow. High key, his riz is off tonight, kids. And what I'll tell you is, is feel free to just drop some game out in the comments and let us know how you feel about that. Give your pronouns. We love you. We love you. Good night, everybody. Bye! I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content i post daily on instagram tiktok and youtube so be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform and with that it is a wrap and as always i look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode